This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? Showdown Joe here. Sean Ross Sapp on the other side. Whew, sorry for being late, guys. November 14th edition here of the Holy Smokes podcast. So much to talk about. So much in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, just some topics, some bullet points here. We're going to preview UFC Sydney going down this Saturday. Conor McGregor's punishment, as well as his apology. Rumors of a Conor McGregor versus Oscar De La Hoya fight. I actually had a bookmaker send me odds for this fight already. So kind of crazy. Uh, Sean Pearson will appear at a conversation with Sean, who gives his thoughts on a variety of things, namely Conor McGregor, kind of punishment he should get, as well as training with George St. Pierre and Robert Whitaker at the same time at TriStar while Sean was competing in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Lots of Fightful exclusive. I'll get Sean uh, to talk about that. We're going to take a look at the rankings. We're going to break down some of these UFC rankings that people have been ripping apart. Uh, I've been calling a gimmick for a very long time. All you wrestling fans, you WWE fans, if you haven't heard, WWE's Jack Swagger is moving to mixed martial arts. Uh, all you hardcore old school fans, Crow Cop is returning. What? Yeah, Crow Cop's returning. Uh, and of course, yours truly leaving tomorrow uh, to do play-by-play for Titan FC going down uh, in South Beach, in Miami, Florida, or just a little north of Miami, Florida, in Pembroke Pines. Sean Ross Sapp, give him a follow at Sean Ross Sapp, yours truly at Showdown Joe, at Fightful uh, MMA Online as well. Sean, what's going on, my man? A lot is going on right now. Uh, sorry about the echo at the beginning of the show, guys. Got that cleared up. We've got a ton of exclusives over at Fightful.com. Lots of wild news. Just, just like three months ago, it seemed like uh, Oscar De La Hoya said, uh, Hey, guys, this is a farce. This is stupid. And then now wants to fight Conor McGregor. Right? Yes. yes. It's all this. It's all money. All of a sudden, it's a farce. It's garbage because his guy, his guy, Canelo, wasn't the guy scheduled to face Conor McGregor to get a much bigger payday than he would have got when he fought Triple G. Although that payday was nice, it wasn't the money fight. So Oscar's doing what Dana White does and what all promoters do. They're going to spin it whatever way they like. And now all of a sudden, ooh, buddy, there could be some money made taking on Conor. Come yeah. On. Ain't gonna happen, man. Now, now happen. I'm told I'm echoing, but I think I fixed it, man. Wirecast, thumbs up, Wirecast. Thanks, guys. You all make me miss Google. That's that's how crappy this software can be at times. But I think I fixed it. Feel bad for Sean Rossap, guys. Not only is he a fantastic co-host, the managing editor of the site, the guy busts his balls 24/7, and he's also got to play producer for the show technical producer i mean this guy's got I, I, i'd hate to see your business card it'd be like one of those fold-up business cards like just constantly keep going so uh guys thumbs up on the chat right now for sean rossap because this guy is just i don't even know if he sleeps i doubt it very little very little but we, we got plenty to talk about today there's there's bellator stuff the, for once a pit bull's not going to headline a show but not 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 for them not trying yeah, he's injured. So, I mean, when, when I got that news and I saw that news, I'm like, is, is Sean actually happy about this? Or is it just kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, I feel bad for the guy, let's be honest. Yeah, I do feel bad for the guy just a week out to have that happen. And we spoke to him on Fightful.com over the weekend. That was one of our Fightful exclusives. But 
it, that that's a tough hit for Bellator to lose that, and it's it's in Israel. It's not like you can find a replacement like that that close a notice. So that's bad. That's that's an unfortunate move for Bellator. It sucks, but I mean, at the same time, when we, you and I are always talking about how it's always a pitbull brother, pitbull brother, uh, headlining an event. So it sucks. Hopefully he's, he comes back. Uh, I believe the prime minister welcomed Bellator uh, to the country or, got, or did some sort of ceremony there. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, I didn't expect that, but no. Bell, Bellator will pull out stuff like that, like, that I don't see coming. Like, there was a member of the Philadelphia 76ers on the MMA hour yesterday talking about. How much he likes Bellator. Like, what? Interesting. Pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, Bellator's, I mean, the more I think about what's happened with Bellator over the past couple of weeks, uh, and we can thank Conor McGregor as well uh, for the different uh, outlets up here, the various media outlets up here that actually did name Bellator uh, for the one or two that mentioned uh, a mixed martial arts event in Ireland. I mean, Bellator's getting some free publicity here, uh, and, and they continue to grow globally, I guess. When you got the prime minister of a country uh, as, as big as Israel or as, as, as well-known as Israel welcoming you, that that's... That's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. Hey, if you can make it happen, then make it happen. And they did, and it got them. We're talking about it right now on the show, so it it worked to some degree. Absolutely, uh, but also on the other side of the globe from where we are, UFC Sydney's going down. You want to preview that card? Yeah, that's that's uh, not that big of a show. I do think, like from a from an important standpoint, the main event got a bit of an upgrade when Mark Hunt was pulled out of it, but that's not they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want Fabricio Verdum to fight Marcin Tybura in Australia, where nobody there really has that much of a vested interest in the fight. But if Tybura somehow wins this fight, he launches himself like he Oh, huge. Like I wonder how he feels about it. Do you think that he is more do you think he's happy that it happened? Do you think he's optimistic? Do you think he sees this as an opportunity? Oh, I believe so. I mean, to get the opportunity to fight for Bruce Verdum, the former heavyweight champion in the world, um, I mean, we've heard Pearson say it before. No fighter is scared of another fighter. Sometimes you fight guys and it sucks. You're like, this fight's going to be way harder than I'm going to anticipate. But you're taking on for Bruce Verdum, who's obviously slowing down uh, as time goes on here. You've got the opportunity to really make a name for yourself. It won't be that big um, per se. It'll be bigger than the MMA bubble. But you take out the world former world champ, who's dying to get back at the title, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You, you'll derail Verdue big time. Yeah, that's, that's like, Marcin Tybura, like, a win over Mark Hunt is fine. Like, sure, that, that's fine, and that's good, and it still means something. But if you can get a win over Fabricio Verdum, while you're ranked number eight right now, and Verdum's number two, Mark Hunt's number five, but it's one of those number fives, like, it's going to be a tough road for him to get back to the title shot type of thing. You beat Verdum, you're in the conversation. You're automatically there. You're right there. You're ready to go. You got to ask for like a Cain Velazquez or somebody like that because Overeem and Ngannou are tied up. But yeah. if Ty, say Tybora does win this fight, what direction do you think he goes? He's not getting a title shot. Overeem and Verdum or Overeem and Ngannou are booked up. Well, I think the Cain Velasquez is the perfect fight, or does he wait for the winner uh, of Ngannou uh, and Overeem? Because they, Chan- no, way. no, no, no. Sorry, no. the winner is going to get the winner is getting a title shot unless they yeah. don't want to give it to Verdum, right? Unless they don't want to give it to Verdum. But Tybura is not going to bypass uh, anybody to get that title shot. So Cain Velasquez is that name. Uh, at the same time, it, it, it's tough because the the, the the pickings are slim uh, at heavyweight. But the fact that you get to jump up, I mean, would they put that Mark Hunt fight then? Right, Mark Hunt's not going to be coming back anytime soon, I don't think. So, I, I would imagine that they UFC may end up just releasing Mark Hunt because I mean, how do you pull him from this fight and then clear him later on? Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that that's just probably not going to happen at all. I mean, you take. I mean, I feel bad for Hunt because he's he's throwing shade left, right, and center to the UFC and stuff like that. Plus, there's that whole lawsuit. I don't know. It, it's tough to say, but. I mean, does he does he fight Volkov? Does he fight Lewis? I mean, who does Tybura fight after this? I mean, the, the only guys above him, right? I mean, I'd like to see him. If he defeats Verdum, it's huge. Uh, but I'd like to see him fight Curtis Blades. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that'd be a fun fight. That could be a fun fight. That's a solid fight, too. But I think if somebody beats Verdum, they're going to want to put him in there against bigger names, I think. Yeah, yeah. And we still don't know what's happening with Stipe. Like, come on, Stipe. What's going on here, bro? I, I don't blame him. you got to get paid. 
You gotta yeah. get paid if you're if you're going to be fighting these big names and they're getting paid more than you. That's that's not fair. He's he's he could set the record in his next UFC fight if he were to win or to successfully defend his UFC heavyweight championship. He breaks that record. And yep. a lot of people are like, oh, nothing special, two title defenses. Well, the fact that it hasn't been broken yet says plenty. We're talking Junior Dos Santos. We're talking Brock Lesnar. We're talking Cain Velazquez. Randy Couture Verdun, at the time. Yeah. Randy Couture. Like, some greats in that division weren't able to defend this title two times in a row. So, so yeah, that's something to, to look out for. But other than this fight, it's slim pickings on this show. We got our boy Elias on the program, though. Yeah, taking on Dan Kelly, uh, a fight that he's really wanted for quite some time. He's very excited about this fight. He should want uh, that fight. Yeah, not, not that he thinks he's just that Dan Kelly is an easy victory. Uh, you are in hostile territory, but he's been down there for quite some time. But a victory over Dan Kelly within the MMA bubble is good. And and the one thing about you know the fightful board of directors. We know he needs a finish here. He needs a finish. Oh, he needs an exciting fight, and this has all the makings of not being an exciting fight. It really does. You know, we love Elias here, and I hate to show any sense of bias, but he needs a finish. And we've talked to Elias a hundred times on Fightful.com. This is a place he needs to go, and he needs to play the heel all week long. Yes, All week long. He needs to tell all these ugly Australians how pretty he is. No offense to our own Anna Bauer, beautiful woman. But while he's there, everybody's ugly but Elias Theodoru. He needs to Zoolander the shit out of these people, Joe. I don't know if he's going to do that. You know I what know it he's is? not. He's too nice. Okay, so. <laughs> too nice. <laughs> the problem. He's a, he's a wonderful person. The problem with Elias is that he's Canadian. The problem with Australians is they're Australian. They're two countries, both known, both known to be just super nice to people. Mm-hmm. They can't really play the heel, although some can. Uh, I can't see Elias doing it, although he'll do whatever he can. You know what? Don't be surprised if he does, if he does take that route, because Dan Kelly uh, is obviously the, the massive hometown favorite. Elias is in quote-unquote hostile territory. He may have to do that. The bottom line is it he's got to continue to raise awareness about his competitions. Elias gets the pro wrestling mentality. He understands it. He likes it. He is, yeah, he is a guy that you could, you, I could see doing that. Elsewhere yeah. on the card, we have Beck Rawlings, Jessica Rose Clark, and a 125-pound fight. All the, the thing I like about right now, this division, every fight's important. Every single fight at the 125-pound division is important because we've not seen these women. If we have seen them fight there, we haven't seen them fight there in the UFC. So they are all crucial. You never know who could emerge as a contender between 115 and 135, who has had their career stalled. That's why I'm interested in a 7-6 and six fighter against a 7-4 and four fighter. I am. I'm going to be watching this fight. I'm going to be paying attention to it. Also, a little tip to those of you who play EA UFC 2, Beck Rawlings is a great character to use in that game. She's got that range, my friends. <laughs> nice. I'm liking the Tim Means Bilal Muhammad fight. Oh, that's a good uh, fight, too. Yeah, so Bilal's on a two-fight winning streak. Uh, Tim Means, I guess he... The whole thing with Alex Garcia has been taken care of. He does emerge victorious. Um, Tim Means is a bad man. He's a bad, bad man. The Dirty Bird is a bad man. He's a heavy favorite. Not a heavy favorite. He's a minus 235. So he is definitely a significant favorite in this fight versus Bilal Muhammad, plus 195, who now I just realized it kind of just hit me. Uh, actually, not now, but just an hour and a half ago when I was doing my research for, for Titan, uh, he won't be cornering one of his guys. Uh, one of the guys competing Oscar Oscar at Titan FC is Bilal's like protege and he looks up to Bilal like, you know, like an older brother, father figure sort of thing. Uh, and Bilal's going to be way across the globe on the other side. So uh, I won't be seeing Bilal this weekend. Thought I was. Thought I could get some uh, content for Fightful, uh, which I'll do all kinds when I'm down there. But uh, I like this fight. Bilal, Tim Means, uh Underdog, plus 195 for Bilal Muhammad, Tim Means. I'm going to give the edge to Tim Means, though, Sean. Yeah, me too. Uh, we talked to Bilal Muhammad over on Fightful.com as well. You're going to be hearing a lot of we talked to this person at Fightful.com. He said that he sees himself getting a finish. He says that he has a lot of new tools, new weapons, and he's getting more comfortable in the cage. And then said if he wins, he wants to fight Kamaru Usman. 
because he knows that Kamaru doesn't like his opponent <laughs> and wants to switch out. Also, he says, I know Colby Covington isn't getting that title shot, so if he needs somebody, I'm down for that too. I can't wait to get to Florida and catch up with Kamaru. It's going to be fun. How about fun. that? It's and you going thought to they were going to be, what, at the, at the same place? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Not to say that there was tension at the last Titan FC between Kamaru and Bilal, but it was one of those things where I felt eye contact was at a premium. Like, I'm looking at you, and as soon as you look my way, I'm just going to be like, I don't give a beep about you, but I'll look back, and if you're not looking, I'm staring you down. So they're kind of sure. staring at each other, but they're not looking at each other at the same time. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And I, if, I don't, if I remember correctly, Oscar Oscar said some things that were kind of strange um, in the octagon in his post – or in the, in, the, in the cage in his post-fight interview, which had Bilal smiling and, and Kamaru being extremely professional and going, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll see. So – It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm definitely looking forward to catching up with Kamaru. Uh, I'll try and get some nice video time with him, and we'll take it from there. Bilal had some interesting comments. This over on the exclusive section at Fightful.com under Fightful MMA. He talked about Jesse Taylor being flagged by USADA. He said, it's pretty funny, man. He was on there mumbling, uh, talking about Jesse Taylor's appearance on the MMA Hour, and he said, quote, Everybody uses that excuse. You just need to come out and say it. I want to see that person that says, I cheated. You don't look like that. What is he? Like 40? You're not going to look like that. Obviously, you're taking something illegal. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Did you see some of the stuff that's online about uh, Paulo Costa, Borginia? Oh, boy. Oh, A lot yeah. of the older pictures of him oh, prior to the UFC. Oh, called us unprofessional because, because I said that USADA is going to be knocking on his door. Uh, he got tested one time before that fight. Yeah, USADA is going to start showing up. They do that over people who are jacked to the gills. They just do that. That's what. If somebody they think looks suspect, they're going to test them more. They've made no bones about that. That happens. What's a big deal? It's not that big of a deal. He looks yoked. They're going to test him. They want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, based on, I mean, and I, I, I've spoken to people that have a much better eye test than I do, Sean. Mm -hmm. uh, guys that are in the industry, guys that are, could take a look at, you know, it'd be like you and I walking into a grassroots MMA event and being told that, oh, we got to watch this fighter. They're going to be in the UFC soon. Okay. And then you watch and you're like, no, not anytime soon. These, this person, people that I know can look at a body, human body, and be like, yeah, that ain't natural. That ain't natural, male or female. So, how terrible is this? Some of the fights on this show, like Jake Matthews and Bohan, like the, the bad Lokovich? fight. Anthony Hamilton getting booked in general, bad. Like <laughs> Nick Lentz and Will Brooks is an okay fight, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching the Alex Chambers Nadia fight. That's that's okay, I guess. Eric Shelton, we talked to him on Fightful.com recently. Okay, I'll watch that. You surprised Chambers isn't going up to 125? Maybe she will after this, but maybe she's seeing it thin down and she wants to see how it pans out. Also, okay. Frank Camacho, we got an interview with him on Fightful.com very soon. Very cool. So that's pretty much the basics for UC Sydney. Uh, I'm not you know what? preview. <laughs> Do you know what time the show actually starts? I'm drawing a blank right now because uh, I fly back normal, normal Saturday. Time, normal time. What's that? Normal time. All right. So I'll have plenty of time to watch it then. Good. Also, guys, Good. I want to give you all a heads up. Uh, Efren Escudero, exclusive interview with him. He fights at ACB this weekend. That drops should drop tomorrow uh, with James Lynch. We have the scoop on that. Just fightful exclusives all over the place. Many more to come. Hopefully these, these kids – at the Titan FC weigh-ins, because there's a lot of people there, a lot of big names that don't often want to talk. I'm going to put some pressure on some people. Uh, on Just tell uh, them to bury them on commentary if, you, if they don't. I could. I've, to I've I told could. people that before. I said, hey, guys, give me your info. Otherwise, I'm just going to bury you on commentary for being unprofessional and not getting me your info. Okay. I do it differently. I just tell them, <laughs> look, you want to you sound good? You want to look good? I need as much information as you got. That's what I so say. I'm just a little bit more of a jerk about it. See? The Canadian and the American. That's what it's yeah. all about. There you go. So, uh, Conor speak, McGregor. Speaking, yeah, oh. you were about to bring him up. Conor McGregor, go ahead. Um, you and I 
had a discussion. Let, let, um, let's let's look at that discussion. <laughs> I want to show people the discussion. Here we go, guys. This is my reaction to Conor McGregor being uh, punished. I want to make sure I get the air quotes in here. Punished in regards to his actions at Bellator last week where he shoved an official. There are ways around this, Joe. You know how, like, every time an NCAA team gets in trouble, they do their own investigation? Yes. Do their own investigation. Well, you self-impose a 90-day suspension on Conor McGregor and fine him 10K. And you say, you have Dana White go say, yeah, we had Conor for that December 30th show. He was in for it. He was ready to go. Wink, wink. One of those. Mm-hmm. He was he was gonna fight on December thirtieth. He was gonna do it, but we suspended him. I'm waiting, Joe. I wasn't able to hear anything. Uh, I I don't get that audio. So which part I know, was that? I know, the- but that was me saying that uh, they would do an internal investigation and pull him from the UFC 219 show that he was so totally booked for. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks out. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely bang on. I just look at it from uh, a commissioned perspective or from a unified rules of mixed martial arts perspective and a, a security perspective and, and thought to myself, they should throw the book at this guy. I know he's he is who he is. Ain't going to happen. But They you know, did. He can't make money on December 30th, Joe. Yeah, Vinny Ferdinando, bang on. Wolf tickets. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I knew it Actually, was well, wolf tickets. Wolf tickets is when you're selling something that's not real. This is selling something that's not even like it didn't even it was never there. It, well, so, yeah, it is, but it isn't, right? They're, so. mm, they are. Oh, this is a tough one. This is like an inception. <laughs> They're refunding our wolf tickets. Oh. Before like- we even bought them. Like, there was an on-sale date, but they're like, nah. What, nah. Who's headlining that show? Well, Conor McGregor was. Yeah. Unless they can get Stipe to fight, like, some bum, who are they going to get to fight? Uh, did you think the Cyborg Holly Holm thing is officially dead in the water? God, I am never hopeful of anything. Like... Chris Cyborg is tough to deal with in general. Holly Holm wants to be paid accordingly to jump up in weight and fight this woman. What else is there? Ferguson's waiting on McGregor. Woodley's hurt. Whitaker's hurt. Maybe Cormier. Can Cormier get down to that weight in time? Doubt it. It's November 14th. That fight's the 28th. Demetrius Johnson wants to wait until 2018 to fight, supposedly. Maybe you can get Amanda Nunes on that show, but who does she fight? I don't know. Does Rose want to fight that soon? Doubt it. Max Holloway's booked. Anderson Silva probably suspended. Like you can't throw him on the show. I I don't. You can put you couldn't put Rose there anyways, right? Rose Rose. Not that you can't put her there. She can't headline a show. I don't no, think but I mean, what's headlining a show right now? I know. No, you're what's right. What's booked? Let, well, let me even see what's booked for it because Cruz pulled pulled out. Mm-hmm. Right now, the main event of this show would be Habib Nurmagomedov against Edson Barboza, probably. And under that, Condit Magni. Under that, maybe Calvillo Esparza. And maybe under that, somebody versus Jimmy Rivera. Okay, the main event's all you need at this point. That's a real solid undercard. That's, that's decent. Kamaru's on there taking on Meek, so... Yeah, you got Kamaru on that show. You got Miles Jury on that on show. The show. Huh? Gokensaki's on the show. Gokensaki, yeah. But you got to have a main event. Who can you get to slide in? See, the thing is, with heavy coming to terms with Stipe is your best bet, in my opinion. Come to terms with him, pay the man, give him a cut of the pay-per-view, and throw somebody in there. That's the beauty of heavyweight. There's no weight cut. You can do that. Put Anthony Hamilton in there for the love of God. Could you imagine? <laughs> Anthony Hamilton lands that punch. He's the new UFC heavyweight champion. So, oh my God, you would lose your mind. I would. I would. There, there. You could do it. You, there are things you could do, and but man, you gotta, you gotta put a title fight on that year end show. Ah, 
Uh, Justin H says Cyborg is just as bad as GDR. Fight someone or quit. Yeah, Cyborg is among the hardest people to deal with. And Pat Fannin says, my question for the UFC is, who was McGregor's opponent? I would have said Tony Ferguson. That's the way that they've been leaning. That's the way that McGregor's been leaning. That's the way that McGregor's coaches have been leaning. Uh, Yeah, I would still think, I mean, I always find that with Nate Diaz, there's usually silence. Any Diaz brother, generally speaking, there isn't often a lot of smoke, the irony. There isn't often a lot of smoke before the fire, right? So, I, you know what? Ferguson, because they were coming out with a lot of the stuff they were saying about Ferguson. Ferguson is the right person, blah, blah. So I think, yeah, you are correct. Um, can you imagine that they do some way, somehow pull it off, that Connor is able to compete on this card? Oh, well, they can't like, now. They can't yeah. now. I mean, they can. They if he, can. If he, yeah, but then... That won't happen because he said the only way he'll do it is if there's no media. Now, that that does take it from a, right now, a 100,000 buy show as the card stands to a 1 million plus buy show because Conor McGregor not doing any media is still, he's going to show up, he'll do a scrum or something. That's what he'll do, as as he should. But it, it's, it's a million. No matter who Conor McGregor fights, if they put him in that cage with Joe Duffy coming straight off of a loss, it's selling a million, like anything right. he touches. It's bad. Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah. The more you, yeah, you're right. I mean, but the UFC does have a way of pulling things off. I can't see them not being able to pull out magic uh, for their year end show. It's an important show. You want to end the year off on a bang. You want to get viewerships. It's actually December 30th. My bad, guys. Not December 28th. Uh, December 30th for the show here. So don't be surprised if the UFC does pull something off. I mean, I, I know we're we're what six weeks away. Yeah, six weeks away, yeah. six, seven weeks away. So I wouldn't be surprised if they pull something off. Like Dillashaw says that he can make 125, so making 135 for a title fight right back into things shouldn't be tough. But, well, then who does he face? Does he face a Sun Tzu in a trilogy fight on that? That's not going to sell. Well, how about we just start laughing right now? Jimmy Rivera needs an opponent. I know he doesn't you know, deserve a title that's a good shot. Point. That's a very good point. You I, could slide Dillashaw right in there in a title fight and – that's – it's not a year-end pay-per-view main event, but it is a main event, and you can sell it as a title fight. That, that's actually a very good idea. You don't right, have uh, many of them, Joe, but occasionally. <laughs> is this Sean Pearson or Sean Ross Sapp? Which one ah, is this? Well, what is it with guys named Sean that rip me apart all the time? Well, speaking of, you, you <laughs> talked to Sean Pearson recently about his thoughts on the UFC rankings, uh, the UFC titles – here it is. As always, pleased to be joined by a slicked-up Sean Pearson. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Just concentrating on looking good. You know, being that professional athlete I am. <laughs> How, was that... <laughs> How was that professional athlete endeavor going? Hey, listen, I potted a hat trick in my men's league game. So listen, scouts, Sunday mornings, you know, it's either a 7, 8, 9, or 10 a.m. slot. If you need to look at somebody, you know, I'm on fire in the men's league over 35 division. It's, 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 it's rocking. You got Jeff Merrick on the squad. It's it's a good good looking crew. I think we're all we're all hoping for that next look for the NHL. Well, you mentioned the the over thirty five crowd. We'll get to that in a second. I'll trans I'll segue into that in a moment. But I do want to get your thoughts on Conor McGregor and well, what happened. Why don't we segue into it right now? Because I, I think if we're talking about the over thirty five, you might as well be going to the over forty the Bellator heavyweight tournament. That's really, <laughs> where that sounds like that's going. Like, you're but, not a fan of the tournament. Listen, I'll watch if it's free. I'm not going to pay for it. But, you know what I mean? It just reminds me of those video games when you get to play as Wayne Gretzky in his prime. That's what this is. You know, that's what this is to me. You know, let's let's bring back guys that are well past their prime and trying to make an extra buck. You know, is, is Tito Ortiz in that tournament? I couldn't – I don't remember. I just know. No, Frank okay. Mir, King Mo, Chael Sonnen, Matt Mitrione, Roy Nelson, Fedor, uh, Quentin Rampage-Jackson, and the youngest guy I'm assuming is Ryan Bader, who's the light heavyweight champ. So a bunch of 205ers and guys that should be 205 and a bunch of guys that should be retired all fighting in a tournament. Again, I'm not going to say it won't be entertaining. Um, is, is this a one-night tournament too, like the old school? No, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's oh, going to so be your so it's So it's nothing. It's just a bunch of fights with a bunch of old guys. Again, I'm not saying I won't see any of it. If it's free on TV, I watch things. But if I had to pay for something like this, Dalton wouldn't be getting my dollar. Again, unless Rory's fighting or one of those guys, I, I can't pay for this garbage. 
Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to hopefully enjoy it. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I love tournaments. I'm a massive tournament. Not that I think about wrestling or jujitsu or just tournaments in general. I like. I understand the names uh, are a little older, but Bellator continues to make news, and uh, I think they need to thank Conor McGregor for what he did uh, overseas in Ireland, jumping into the cage, basically tackling his training partner, pushing Mark Goddard. We know there's a history there, and then eventually slapping, I believe, a Bellator official. Uh, you think they're going to throw the book at Conor, or nothing is going to happen to him? Well. They should, I don't know, I'm thinking they should suspend him for something. And at the end of the day, Connor needs it. Like, I think he ended up on the bottom of that. Didn't he jump his training partner and still end up losing the takedown battle? Like, he's got to work on takedown defense. I don't know. Again, he's a legend right now, but his wrestling's obviously subpar. Um, they have to do something. There's no way they can't do anything here. But at the end of the day, Connor's going to grease the pockets of the two guys that he slapped and pushed. This whole thing is going to go away. UFC will continue as usual. Conor McGregor will continue being Conor McGregor. We'll continue to watch him. I love watching him. So nothing, you know, they might say they've done this or done that, or he's been suspended for an extra six months, which he probably wouldn't have fought anyways. So life goes on here. Some people are going to get a little bit of money out of this, and we're going to move on. See, I mean, the word was he was going to be on that December 31st card or the end of the year card, and now apparently they pulled him. Word was. Word was. So... They can say, yeah, he's been pulled from the card, but was he ever on the card? Did we, did we have an opponent? Did we have a signed contract? Did the UFC decide that they were going to cut him into the UFC payroll now? Like, you know, now suspending someone who was never officially on a card, I'm like, or pulling someone who was never officially on a card doesn't seem that bad of a, you know, a thing to me for Connor. It's like when we suspend someone for a year for doing steroids that wasn't going to fight for a year anyway. So I'm like, way to go. Thanks, guys. Way to throw the book at him. Interesting, yes. That, that, that's a valid point. Totally agree with that. Um, in terms of things that are in a contract, George St. Pierre said it's in his contract that he must defend his title uh, against the interim champion in Robert Whitaker. Uh, you've had some experience with both of these gentlemen at TriStar. Okay, first let's tackle the point in his contract. He can do anything he wants. Conor McGregor's proven it. You do not have to fight anybody you need to fight. You don't need to fight in any weight class you want to, to fight in. So to me, the real fight here is Conor McGregor versus GSP in March. Because if Conor's pulled off the end of the year card and George is ready by March, that's the real fight. That's the only fight anybody cares about. I, again, I'm not upset by seeing George in Whitaker, although I, I don't think it's the right fight. Um, I think George will have to make a lot of... Okay, so I'll get into the fight. So to me, I've trained with both of them. Um, Robert was trained at TriStar when I was up there. Um, this, we're going back years, though. Um, The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think if I'm George, the best bet here is to get closer to 170. And I don't mean to cut weight, but I mean get back to the weight that you were at because he did not look as smooth or I mean, I'll say as good as he did when he used to fight at 170. He wasn't as fast. His cardio wasn't as good. And I'm not saying he can't clean all that up. But I feel like that George is just as dangerous as this bigger George is. The bigger George might have a little bit more power, but he lacked in cardio and he lacked in speed. Robert, he's not going to match power with Whitaker. When from back in training with Whitaker, Whitaker's stand-up skills um, were a little bit more raw, but striking power was there. Like he was very explosive. Um, his wrestling needed a lot of help. That's right. I was with him a lot. Um, I think that was maybe his first or second UFC fight. I was working a lot with his wrestling, so I still think George will have a huge advantage in the wrestling aspect there. So as a fight, I think George can still take this fight, but I think there's at that weight class, my, my big concern for George would be, again, as we get the later rounds, if he stays at the weight he's at, what starts to happen here? 
Whitaker, who's a little bit more of a natural 185er, and George, who's more of a natural 170, as those rounds get on and takedowns get tougher, the weight becomes a factor. You know, it, I would say it would tend towards Whitaker, but I still, you know, if, I'm, if I put money down, my money would be on George right now. You think it's best if George just vacates that title, goes back to 170, and Whitaker becomes the champ automatically? Sure, no one cares. Belts mean nothing. I think it's been proven day and day. Who gets the biggest paycheck is all that matters. It's like the WWF, the million-dollar belt. The million-dollar man had the million-dollar belt, whatever he used to call his belt. That's the only belt that matters. That is the UFC belt that matters. And Conor McGregor owns it, so people just have to go fight Conor McGregor right now, no matter what weight class you're in. Go fight Conor. Get the red panty night. For me, I'd want the no panty night. But at the end of the day, you need to fight for the money. And that's Conor McGregor right now. So every other belt is irrelevant. It means nothing. And I, I read an article the other day where one of the commissioners or someone was actually talking to the UFC about how the belts and the ranking systems don't mean anything. And at the end of the day, they don't. It's an entertainment sport. And again, I'm saying all this. This doesn't mean this is how I, I like the UFC. I want things to mean something. I'm just telling you how it is right now. Sean Pearson dressed nicely for Fightful.com. I appreciate that, Looking Sean. slick. Looking sick. Looking sick. I wish, you know what, you Wirecast guys or whoever put it together, why can't I hear the audio? Oh, there, I, there, there's a way they just make it as difficult as possible. It's such a pain. Like, yeah, Joe doesn't hear the audio in these. On Listen Your Boy, I don't hear the audio on, on those. Fortunately, Joe did the interview, and in... On listing your boy, I do the interviews, so there's that. But we'll uh, we'll release that on its own this week, and I have a couple articles on it. I like the million dollar belt reference. I love it. I think he's. Ba- I think that's bang on. When you think about it, it's it's technically bang on, right? Fun fun fact. I don't like like I have a few title belts, a couple of which I won at little independent wrestling shows. The only one that I don't have in that regard was the million dollar belt that my wife bought me as a birthday gift one year because she knew it was my favorite like it was my favorite championship ever. And then my strength and conditioning coach sent me a video of a lunch he was at one day, and across the table sat the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Who said, I now crown you the million dollar champion. And I was like, well, I didn't expect that on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was, that, was, that was a nice surprise. That was kind of funny. Someone just mentioned on the chat that, you know, we're talking about the belts right now, or Stone Osborne. Uh, interim titles ruined championships. <sighs> I don't know. Some of them are required, in my opinion. Yeah. Some of them, look, man, some, there's champions that are out. Uh, there's champions that need to be defending belts. There's champions that are injured. You've you got to have situation. something. It yeah, um, was. GSP was out with an ACL injury. Carlos Condit was the interim Frank champ. Mir, I think, back Mir. in the day. Yeah, I mean, well, right now, Ferguson, right? So, I think Randy, Randy Couture, when he had the contract dispute and left, tried yeah. to leave. Mm-hmm. Who had the interim title between Shane Carwin and Brock? It was Shane, right? Yeah, it was Shane. Shane and then Brock unified it because in in the meantime, he had beaten Couture for the heavyweight championship. So then he unified the interim and uh, regular UFC heavyweight champion. Man, that was... I don't think to this day I have ever looked forward to a heavyweight title fight more than Shane Carwin versus Brock Lesnar. You had one of the most overwhelmingly dominant wrestlers in the world against a guy that as soon as he just touched you you're out that's it you're done you're wrecked it seems like it's been a full year since shane carwin was supposed to come back and he didn't do it i don't think is he ever coming back well i mean the whole time when he was supposed to he i don't even know if he had signed with ryzen um you and i were expecting him to return i was expecting to call this fight um that didn't happen it just fell through i mean a lot of things happened <clears throat> at ryzen that just seemed to fall through so um, the tournament format now, I love it. Like I said, I love tournaments. Uh, I still love the fact that, that in Japanese MMA, it's so important to do these tournaments uh, on a grand scale and continue to do them. Uh, Bellator is doing it now. So I, 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 Sean disagrees. Pearson disagrees. But I absolutely love tournaments. You're I, I invested. I like tournaments. I do like tournaments. But I'm like, man, this, this Bellator tournament ain't going off without a hitch. 
Somebody yeah. asked me, who do you think is going to win? And I said, Ryan Bader or Justin Wren when he wins an alternate bout and somebody falls out and nobody can hang with him. Because I think Justin Wren is the best heavyweight they have in that company right now. I really believe that. I fully believe that. It's either him or... God, I don't know who else. You think part of the play here to have Ryan Bader in there is to have a two-division champion in Bellator mm-hmm. so they can say they've got the same thing as someone in the UFC? Yes. Interesting. So I'm, yes, I'm, I'm going to be – obviously I'm an interested observer and paying attention to how Ryan Bader does. I believe he is the youngest in this competition as well, right? Yeah, I think so. Now, if they're doing this, if they're doing this, they're 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 putting in their light heavyweight champion into this tournament. What? Well, you've got the names, but it'd have been cool if they had done two divisions: a light heavyweight and heavyweight tournament combined together. Yeah, the the thing is, (laughs) did you see yesterday when Rampage was interviewed by Ariel Hawani and he heard Hawani say, "Oh, I heard that Chael Sonnen's first up for you in this tournament." The wind just like came out of his body. He was like, really? A wrestler? A wrestler? Man. Like, and, and I agree with him. Why do you sign Rampage Jackson and put him in there with a wrestler? Why? They do it all the time, Joe. All the time. And he's always... I mean, I don't know about Rampage. He forgets that it's mixed martial arts. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, when you're Bellator, you know what you're getting out of Rampage yeah, yeah. Jackson. So 100%. you put him in there with Satoshi Ishii, you put him in there with King Mo twice. <laughs> like, why? When you put him in there with Joey Beltran and Christian and Pumbu, he knocked them out. I guess he didn't want to see that rematch with uh, Bader. I was there for that one in Japan. Oh, no, he doesn't want that. But Bader probably beats him within three, four minutes this time. Oh, wow. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that Bader is... I mean, that last only, performance was crazy by the Ryan. Only, I mean. The only person to finish Rampage in the last decade plus is John Jones. And I think that Ryan Bader at this stage would just drag Rampage down and pummel his face in. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. So, I mean, th- this whole Bellator tournament, you think that someone like Justin Renner or an alternate is going to win this fight. Where's Bobby Lashley in all this? That's another surprise. Like, how are they Are they worried that maybe his, his pro wrestling commitments won't allow him to do that to the degree? But I know that he really, really wanted, not, not only wanted a heavyweight title shot, he was just like, go ahead and put the title on me. I'm 5-0 and in this division. People know who Lashley is. He's not like way up there as far as technical ability, but I can't believe they didn't put him in the tournament. I know. It's very strange. Like all these guys are in their forties, but so is a guy named Oscar De La Hoya, Joe. <laughs> and as I said at the top of the show, a couple months ago he said, This is a farce. This is stupid. Talking about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, then he reveals this week. Oh, I've secretly been training. And he looks in pretty good shape from what I saw. I caught a Golden Boy podcast on yesterday where they didn't have their mics hooked up, by the way. It was all camera audio. But he looked like he was in good shape. Now, if I'm Polly Malinaji, I'm over there screaming, upset, angry. Because now if Connor wants to box again, sorry, Polly. Don't care what kind of animosity you have. Oscar De La Hoya and Connor McGregor sells way more pay-per-views. Than Polly, co-main event Polly Monaghi and uh, Artem Lobov. Oh my God, Polly would beat the living shit out of Artem Lobov. Easiest way to get to Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's true. All right, that's true. Who who are you putting putting Mark Goddard up against on this card? <laughs> Mark Goddard versus uh, who's that? Artem Lobov's Bird's husband. Oh yeah, well, okay. The ref from the last fight. There you go. There you go. Or in a sick twist, Mark Goddard refs the main event. Yeah, right? Ooh. Be crazy. Give it Will to Goddard me. ever, ever be the ref for a Conor McGregor fight? I don't know. I don't, don't think so now. No. Conor's got enough pull to say, I don't want this guy refing my fights. And, I, I, and so. I, I, know Connor, I know Mark would be the most objective guy in there, guaranteed. 
he can he can block out all in any emotion. But uh, the odds that came out for the Oscar De La Hoya Conor McGregor fight, it's uh, De La Hoya is the favorite at minus one forty. McGregor's even. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Oscar hasn't fought in a very very long time. Uh, it's been a long time. I mean, way, 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 way long. And he's saying that he could finish Conor McGregor in under two. I ain't buying that at all. I ain't buying that at all because Conor, Conor can go with about anybody for, for about two unless we're talking like Triple G and Canelo maybe. I think that he can go. I mean, it's been, okay, it's been nine years since Oscar De La Hoya fought. Uh, the last person he beat was uh, Steve Forbes a decade ago. And that went to uh, that went 12 rounds. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it that Oscar De La Hoya couldn't put away a guy who was 33 and five in under two rounds, but he can put Conor McGregor away in two rounds, who went ten rounds with the best. Sorry, man, you need more people. I'm not buying it. So I would set that line on Oscar De La Hoya winning in two rounds or less at about plus 950. <laughs> Because at this point, because I've not seen him box in forever, I don't know how he looks. That is a perishable skill. I'm not. I, 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 I know I said that that Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather would never, ever, ever take place. But I just feel like I'm losing. I'm, I'm, we're going to lose time in our lives talking about De La Hoya um, and McGregor. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, man. It's UFC's into the boxing business now. Yes, yeah. What do you make of that? Dana White said, "Yep, hundred percent. We're getting in the boxing business." Do you think they're going to have their guys box and try to pay him ten and (laughs) ten? Wouldn't be surprised. That's pretty interesting. Look, man. You and I were the first group of people out there in the media long before any of this went down talking about UFC fighters that have great boxing, uh, a great boxing arsenal or acumen taking on legitimate boxers on a full card uh, of, of UFC versus the boxing world. Yeah. You know, and, and all of a sudden this potentially can happen. So many things that you and I discuss, and we're not the only ones, just there's great ideas uh, with other media members out there, but so much of what you and I discuss actually eventually comes to fruition, you know? Bellator tournament. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things. It's Got a little bit of new strength and conditioning coach Jose Garcia uh, says that Nate Diaz is in a training camp right now or just started a training camp. But So what, when he, Pearson was on, I was thinking, can a Diaz brother headline UFC 219? He deleted the post. So apparently that wasn't supposed to be out there. Tickets go on sale for this, I think, Friday. I'm expecting some announcements around then, by then. So, uh, David Tease, my dude, please be around this week in the afternoon because we're going to have a lot of work to do. I get the feeling there are going to be a lot of announcements this week. There was an announcement today that Mirko Krokop is coming back. Explain, because I haven't seen it. Mirko Filipovic who is perhaps the most decorated MMA kickboxing crossover ever at this point, is returning. Let me pull up the article on Fightful.com. The irony, the coincidence of me actually jumping onto the site as you were speaking uh, to take a look at this news because I didn't see it until I actually... Risen 9. Risen. He won the 2016 Openweight Grand Prix. He's a K1 Grand Prix winner. He is fighting... Uh, gosh, how do I pronounce his name? I always have trouble pronouncing his name. The fellow that beat, quote-unquote, Fedor with the cut. Kasaka? Choshi Kasaka? There you go. Yeah. Hey, I've learned it after all these years, after 15 years. Monday, December 31st from the Saitama Super Arena. Do you know anybody from Fightful who might be there for this show? Maybe give us some info. I'd love to go. You would love to go. I'd love to go, but that whole situation with Ryzen is you just, uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing with their commentary. I'd like to uh, throw my name in the hat there, Sean. 
throw just my name back in the hat. Say, hey, throw it in there. Just I'm fish here. it in there. I'm here. There so, he is, guys. Oh, wait. There he is, guys. And I have no problem if I go to Japan and you put me in a studio to call the fights. No problem. <laughs> because I love Japan. People are the greatest ever. Such so, nice So let, let's look at Mirko Krokop's record of late. Because it's actually it's it's foggy, it's suspect. Come on now, it is. But like it's it's actually very impressive his record since leaving the UFC. He lost to Alexi Olenek, who is in the UFC. But since leaving the UFC in 2011, he is eight and one as an MMA fighter, and he is seven and one as a kickboxer with a majority decision. Going against him. So he's like 15-2 and two since leaving the UFC in uh, 2011. Now, when he came back and beat Gonzaga, that was an awesome moment. But <laughs> them drug tests. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Sean Ross stops the greatest. They'll get you every time. <laughs> or at least most of the time in his case. But yeah, the man won a K1 Grand Prix. He won a, a Ryzen Openweight Grand Prix. Will he ever retire? He defended the IGF Championship, which, Joe, was a goddamn pro wrestling title for a while. <laughs> he won it. What I love was that, like, Inoki's great, so he's like, hey, man, you'll win this in a pro wrestling thing, but if you lose, if you lose in an MMA fight, that guy's the champ. Sorry. I love that. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was the wave, and Ole Thompson is their current champion, but I would book Ole Thompson versus uh, versus Mirko for that title. Why not? I, I love that title. I, I think that's great. I think a title like that should be we, – we actually had an idea, myself and my right wrestling coach, when we won these independent tag team wrestling championships. Locally to us, we were like, hey, we'll defend this in like tag team submission wrestling things too. We wanted to blur those lines between MMA and pro wrestling. I thought that was cool. Ryzen does that a little bit. They have the show, the spectacle, all that. They'll they'll find whatever 80-year-old pro wrestling woman will fight uh, Gabby Garcia. Gabby Garcia. They'll, they'll throw her in the cage or the, the ring. I'm all for it. Why not? I, I, I cannot express to anybody what it, to be actually in the Saitama Super Arena when a Ryzen show is going on. Yeah. It's pride. It's pride version 2.0. That's exactly what it is. And I cannot express to you how ridiculous that environment is. How just it's... I, I, I caught myself um, with, with Heath hearing a few times. Uh, and even when I did it with Joe Warren, just like sitting there going, is this like... Is this really happening? Like, am I really? I'm calling this. This is ridiculous. Like, growing up watching Pride VHS tapes back in the day and waiting for it to come on pay per view, and then I'm calling it. It's just the magnification of the event and the way they put things on in Japan is ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm throwing my name in the hat again. If uh, we can, you know. Pat Pat Fannin asks what Krokop's TDE ratio is right now. I guarantee you, he is juice to the gills. He is just sweating like Haladrol or whatever, like Nandrolone and Stenoz, anything he can get his hands on. Anything with loan at the end of it. Or the all... last time I was there, they, they actually spoke about drug testing. Oh, I bet they did. They spoke about drug testing <laughs> in sure the fighter they, meeting. I'm sure they speak about it a lot. <laughs> so they were all aware that they were going to have to pee in a cup. Man. So... Don't know what the standards are. They just are. have everybody piss into one of those big troughs, and they drug test the whole thing. What they all got mixed up? We can't. We can't bring the results back. You're terrible. <laughs> You're terrible. Making fun of my Japanese peeps and how they run their organization. I'm not making fun of it. It's their prerogative. They can do it. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to believe any drug testing that goes on over there. None. And I mean, they, that, if that's what the, how they want to do it, that's how they want to do it. Everybody, that's why it always confused me when Mark Hunt was like, I want out of my goddamn contract. I'm like, to go where? Like, because of the steroids? Like, that's why you want out? Where are you going? Japan's where you're going, buddy. We know yeah. where you're going. 
Yeah, very interesting. I feel like that, that whole Mark Hunt scenario is kind of kind of strange in my head. No pun intended to him. So uh, it is what it is. What's your take on uh, WWE's Jack Swagger moving to MMA? Not surprised. I talked to him about it last or a few weeks ago. It's the that was the actually the clip that ran on the list in your boy last week. Uh, wonder why, guys. Uh, had a little bit of insight on that when I asked him if he moved to, if he was going to Bellator. He straight up would not confirm or deny, but I had the feeling that the the announcement was coming this week. But he was very very quiet about it. He didn't tell a lot of people. He's a 35 year old all American wrestler. He's ruffled some feathers lately, saying that he probably could have beaten 90 or 95 percent of the locker room up, and fans like. Yeah, I bet he could. Sin Cara would have something to say about that. Hey, guys, just because Sin Cara, 195 pounds, won a bunch of backstage fights against, like, Sheamus and Simon Gotch, doesn't mean that he can beat up a 270-pound former All-American wrestler who's been putting in MMA training of late. Uh, It's a a nice thought that, like, that Sin Cara is the new Haku of of the division, of the, the company, but... I'm giving it to Jack Swagger in that one. Now, the funny thing is, Joe, there is a guy, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron, who he had a big feud with in WWE. He's got MMA experience. He's a Pan-American wrestler, was going to be an Olympian. He's teased getting into MMA, but the offer's not been there. That would be one to you could book, but... He's 35 years old, and as we've said, 35 ain't that old for a heavyweight, especially doing what he's doing. We've seen Bobby Lashley have an excellent go of it in MMA, so I, you know, I'll wait and see how they book him. I don't think that Bellator will book him much differently than they have an Ed Ruth or a Tyrell Fortune or an Aaron Pico, put him up against guys that they think he'll do well against. And as we saw on the MMA Hour, when it, in, in pro wrestling, maybe he wasn't the most charismatic dude. But when he is out and he is being himself, in comparison to a lot of MMA guys, he has an it factor. He does have uh, a sense of charisma about him. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I get to speak to him again soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to check out some highlight clips of Jack Swagger. Because as you know, my uh, my uh, WWE or wrestling knowledge in general is minute at best. So uh, I'm interested to, to you know, because we are fightful and the crossover with the boxing, wrestling, and MMA, uh, I mean, it, it's great fodder. I know some people are like, why are you guys talking wrestling on the MMA podcast? Man, this is the site, guys. This is the site, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do. We're a crossover site. We talk about how all three of the storylines kind of mesh in. We also bring in kickboxing if we need to. Uh, but at the same time, I- I'm looking forward to it. Why not? You know, I don't know about this Alberto real stuff. But- Alberto. Alberto, excuse me. You know who he is, right? Yeah, well, he was over with Combate, was he not? But you know who he is, right? Yeah. Do you remember him? From way back when? When he got his head kicked off by Krokop? Krokop, yeah. Yeah, that's Of course, him. yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Run down this Titan show for me. I know Shorty Torres is on it. Where are my Titan notes? Well, Joe. Here we go. So as I'm, I'm taking my notes, obviously the main event is you know Shorty Torres taking on Gleason De Jesus, who is a ridiculous, ridiculous fighter who's got this background in capoeira that is insane when you watch this guy fight. This is a fight that belongs on a UFC card, flat out. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm, obviously, guys, you guys have known and watched this podcast for a very long time. Don't forget to thumbs up, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be biased because I, I've, I've got to call these 10 fights. I'm going to tell you how it is because this is how good this main event is. The, Shorty Torres deserves to be in the UFC. Glitzy yeah. de Jesus deserves to be in the UFC. These maybe two guys maybe Shorty Torres would be if Sean Shelby would unblock him on Twitter. Well, it's Mitch, actually. It's actually Mitch. Oh, is it? It's Mitch, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to find out from Shorty when we talk on uh, awesome. Thursday. Oh, he's probably, he's staying at the hotel, so probably I'll get to catch up with him Wednesday night uh, and get more with him. Uh, if I can get him on uh, on camera, fightful MMA, ladies and gentlemen. Houshman <laughs> um, Fio and Chaz Walton will be fighting for the vacant lightweight title. Now, it shouldn't be vacant, so I'm going to find out a bit more because the actual champion is Freddie Asuncao. Rafael Asuncao, in his post-fight interview in the UFC, decided to do a quick little sidebar and say, hey, my brother, I believe is 10-1, deserves to be in the UFC. 
And this was the fight when when Freddie defeated Jay Z Cavalcante, who's no longer who's not with Titan now. He's fighting in Bahrain next. When Freddie defeated Jay Z Cavalcante, became the lightweight champion in Titan. We assumed ah, this guy's going to the UFC. No announcement, and he hasn't defended the title yet. So now this is a lightweight title fight. Uh, I'm assuming that the title is now vacant. Sean Rossap. Uh, another guy you want to pay close attention to because you guys make fun of people that are always short, especially Canadians like myself. Uh, people who are short. Gustavo Ballard. If you've seen him, I think he's four foot eleven. If you ever seen a fireball, if you ever never seen him compete, this guy is in line to get a title shot at Jose Torres or at Jose Torres's flyweight title. You guys don't know Jose is a two division champion. He's defending the bantamweight title. If he's going to defend the next title, it'll be at flyweight. If he doesn't get the call. To- to the UFC. That challenger will be Gustavo Bellart, who wants to remain active, and he's taking on Marcelo Castaneda. Castaneda better have some takedown defense. That's all I have to say, because Bellart is just something else. This guy fights for 15 minutes and does not get tired. His last opponent, uh, Jorge Calvo, is actually on this card. He's taking on Juan Puerta. Calvo, arguably, the nicest guy in mixed martial arts. Costa Rican native, has invited me down. His dad invited me down. His mom invited me down. His family invited my family to come and stay with them and eat for free the whole time we're there at their restaurant. This is one of the nicest human beings. This guy smiles nonstop when he fights. So looking forward uh, to his call. Lots of other good fights on this card here, but you got to tune in. Friday, UFC Fight Pass. Yours truly. Play by play with Kamaru Usman. Let's do this. I'm excited. I will be watching the show. I also I'm going to make a little prediction here for the December 30th show. Even though Conor McGregor was never going to fight on that show, was never going to fight on that show. I'll make a prediction and I've got no information to lead to lead me to think this. Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson main eventing for the interim title. Winner fights Conor because that's that's the ultimate way to do it. Connor versus Nate three is there whether he loses or wins or no matter no matter what happens down the line. If Tony Ferguson beats Nate Diaz, you think that's going to hurt the drawing power of Connor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson? Hell no. So I think maybe they threw the money at Nate. Maybe that fight gets made. I think that's and that is a main event. That is a pay per view main event in my opinion. It's there. I'm ready for it. I hope it's announced. But, um, but uh, yeah, man. I like it. I think you're bang on. The next I few keep... weeks are going to be very, very, very fascinating. Guys, this weekend we have, uh, what is it? Survivor Series coverage. Sorry, I blanked for a second. NXT <laughs> War Games coverage. No UFC Australia post-show. Joe is gone, and I will be on NXT War Games duty. So uh, we've got post shows of that. We will talk about it uh, whenever we adjourn or whenever we, yeah, whenever we come back. But Joe, tell the people where they can follow you on social media before we go. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Showdown Joe. By all means, you guys can hit me up. Give me your thoughts. Uh, if you guys are in the business world, hit me up on LinkedIn, Joe Ferraro. Very simple. We can just do all kinds of business together. If you got some connections, I got connections. Help you out. You help me out. We can all do it together, especially in the mixed martial arts world and fightful MMA. So, uh, fun stuff. Leaving tomorrow. Uh, in the evening, Toronto time, touchdown in Miami, uh, three hours later, and then get to the hotel and realize that I'm in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere in Pembroke Pines. And, uh, the only friend I have, her name is Wendy. She makes burgers, uh, at a gas station. So Wendy's and a gas station will be the only thing around me the next I think, five or seven mile radius. So, yeah, should be fun. Hopefully the weather's nice. Maybe I'll bring some shorts. Guys, you can follow me on Facebook at Sean Ross Sapp. You can like my little page there. Uh, Instagram, Sean Ross Sapp. Twitter, Sean Ross Sapp. And, of course, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fightful Online. Visit FightfulMMA.com, FightfulWrestling.com, or just Fightful.com. We have forums there, photos, videos, podcasts, exclusives dropping all the time. Zach Atow revealed to us at Fightful.com that his last UFC fight on his deal is the upcoming fight in Shanghai. So that's over there. We've got uh, Albert Morales revealing that he has signed a new contract with the UFC. Sean O'Malley saying that smoking weed with Snoop Dogg was like a movie. 
<laughs> Jason Perillo recently gave an update on when Cyborg and BJ Penn could fight again to Showdown Joe. We broke the news that uh, top uh, regional featherweight Hakeem Dawadu signed with the UFC last week. We had the Jack Swagger hinting at Bellator info before anybody else. Eric Shelton saying that he needs a finish at UFC Sydney, or else you know he's kind of concerned. AJ McKee last week saying that he wanted to break John Jones' record, which we talked about a little bit more. Uh, just a ton of exclusives over at Fightful.com, guys. So until next time, visit Fightful.com. Leave us those little thumbs up. Give us the little clickety-clacks. We love them. Share our stories. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.